Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Renew Your Mind podcast for faith-driven entrepreneurs. We are in part two of our series on mindset, and we're walking through some foundational concepts that we're going to refer back to in the future. And so if you haven't listened to episode one yet, I highly recommend you press pause and go back to that and listen, because today we're going to build on what we talked about last week pretty pretty specifically. Today we are talking about goal setting, but more importantly, the key to goal achieving. This will likely be very different than any other time you've learned about goals in the past, which in my experience almost always focuses on uh, what we call SMART goals. SMART is an acronym. It stands for Specific, Measurable, Achievable, Relevant, Time-Bound. And typically in the past, whenever I've learned about uh, SMART goals or just goals in general, it's specifically about the goal setting part of the process, which if we think about it, goal setting really doesn't take that much time, but goal achieving or the process of pursuing a goal is where we spend 98% of the time. Maybe it's 1% setting the goal, 1% actually being at the goal once achieved, but 98% of the time we're actually spending in pursuit as we are going after the goal. And so I think it's really, really important to be talking about that 98%, which is what we're going to do for the bulk of our time today. And so last time, just a quick recap, we reviewed the model. It's this framework that walked through circumstance, thought, feeling, action, and results, and how those are all connected. And we said that it's not your circumstances that create your results. It's actually your thoughts that have way more influence over that. And so I left you off with a question last time. What is your specific revenue goal for next month? And we said this should be a stretch goal. It shouldn't be something that you know 100% that you're going to hit necessarily. And then on a scale of 1 to 10, I asked, what's your level of confidence that you will reach the goal? So we said if it's a 10, you're either lying or it's not a stretch goal. And then the key question, the, the most important question for today's time was, what was the number one reason your brain gave you or the thought that you had as to why you can't be a 10 out of 10 confident? And so if you need to pause it now and write down your answer or answers, or if you wrote it down last time, go and find it because we're going to come back to this in a little bit. Now, what we're talking about today is foundational to running a business. And it's probably one of the topics that I get most fired up about in coaching sessions or speaking engagements, because it is one of the most poorly done things in the world. And I'm talking about goal achieving. I mean, the statistic is that 80% of New Year's resolutions fail by the time February comes around. This is this is something that as a human race, for some reason, we are just not good at. And I, I think what we talk about today is one of the biggest reasons why. And I also have the sense that this might be one of the most frustrating topics for people in general, but especially entrepreneurs, because on one hand... We have everyone and their mother saying that the common denominator, at least one of them, of the most successful people in business or in sports or whatever industry, are that they set goals. And then on the other hand, there's this natural resistance to doing it or at least sticking with it. Uh, and people have tried it, but something doesn't go right and it causes people to walk away with the belief, I'm just not a goal setter. And so I, my hope is that by the end of our time today, you're at least challenging that and you're walking away with a very new perspective. Because the reality is my clients, even during COVID, have changed the trajectory of their businesses. 
by applying what it is that we're going to talk about today. I've had clients who have told me that in the past, they've always tried to set goals and it has never worked. And when they applied the concepts that we're going to talk about today, just the the simple tweak and shift in their mindset and perspective has made all the difference and has actually opened them up to a whole new world of possibilities for their business. And so I think this is the missing link when it comes to reaching business goals. And so I'm really excited to dive in today. Here's our roadmap for today. I want to ground ourselves in a few passages from scripture. And then I want to walk through four mistakes that people make when it comes to goal setting and goal achieving. The first three are going to be quick, uh, but we're going to spend the most time on the last one because that's the most common and the most problematic. And then we're going to talk about what do you do with that? Given your new insight into some of the things we're going to talk about today, what do you then go and do with that to apply to your business? And so we'll run through some practical examples. So a couple of verses to ground ourselves today. I'm going to refer back to this and I promise I won't do this every single episode, but obviously Romans chapter 12 verse 2 is extremely relevant here. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And then two more. So we've got another one from John chapter 8, verses 31 and 32. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And then the last one from 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Today, we're going to take some of your thoughts captive and really look at them under a microscope and examine the kind of fruit that they lead to. So first, let's go over four mistakes that people make when it comes to goal setting and goal achieving. Number one, uh, this maybe doesn't need to be said, but I'm going to say it anyway. I want to put this entire conversation in context. If we think about Romans 12 verses 1 and 2, Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world. Let's ask ourselves, what is the pattern of this world when it comes to goal setting? And if we think about it, much of the goal setting conversation when it comes to self-help and the secular world comes down to self-actualization. And if you have a desire for it, you should then therefore do it. The perspective that as followers of Jesus, we are called to is, is different. And we need to just acknowledge that we are not just here to set goals because we want things. Our goals should really meet two criteria. One, it should make us more like Jesus. And two, it should help us learn to love other people better. And so very simple practice to make sure that we don't make the mistake of losing sight of this is to spend time reconnecting with the why that you started your business and why God called you into whatever it is that you are doing. And if you do this on a regular basis, you can prevent yourself from losing sight of this idea. Whenever I go a couple of weeks or a month without intentionally taking five, 10 minutes to go back into my notebook and reread through why I started my business and why I think God called me into this, that's when I start to focus on the wrong things. That's when I start to think about what's in it for me and worrying about money and hitting goals for the sake of hitting goals. And so this is a really, really important thing. I just wanted to make sure that we called this out before continuing this conversation 
around goals. The second and third mistakes that people make when it comes to setting and achieving goals, I'm going to lump together. Number two is not setting a goal at all. This is when we tell ourselves, I'm not a goal setter, or I've tried it in the past and it hasn't worked, so I'm not going to do it anymore. That's a big mistake. We'll talk about why a little bit later. Number three is setting a goal that's so easy that you know you will hit it, right? This would be, if you're a basketball fan, this would be like Steph Curry setting a goal to beat me in one-on-one. Ideally, I'd love to think I can at least score a couple points on him, but it would be realistically too easy for him to beat me. There's no real point in setting that goal. And so the solution is very simple. You've actually already done it if you've taken the time to respond to the prompt at the end of last episode, and that's to set a smart stretch goal. Very simple. We don't need to spend really any more time on that. Now, number four, this is the biggest, the most common mistake that we're going to spend the rest of our time on today. And that's because this is what I spend the most time on with my clients. And this mistake can be said like this. We set a goal, but then have a toxic relationship with that goal to the point where the goal becomes a weapon instead of a tool. Now, let me describe what I mean using some very personal examples. When I first started my business, my initial goal was to create $5,000 in revenue each month. And so what I would do was make a plan to achieve it. I'd get really excited and motivated and pumped up. And I would start off really strong, reviewing the goal at the start of every day and every week. But when I didn't see the progress that I wanted, it got really discouraging. I would tell myself uh, to just keep going, to persevere, to push through. And then halfway through the month, I'd lower the goal to 2,500. And then a few days later, I would be thinking about gearing up for next month. AKA, I had already given up on hitting the goal for the current month that I was still in and that hadn't ended yet. Then the last 10 days of the month, I would beat myself up for not achieving the goal. Then I would question if this is really going to work out. Do I have what it takes? And as I started questioning, it demotivated me. And at the start of the next month, that quiet voice in my head would say, well, you couldn't do it last month, so you probably won't be able to do it this month. And if you don't do it next month, then is this really going to work out? What's going to happen the month after that and the month after that? And eventually... Looking at the goal that I had set at the beginning of starting my business that I haven't reached every single day, that felt terrible. And so what did I do? I stopped looking at it. It felt useless. It didn't actually feel like it was helping me grow. It was just making me feel defeated. Now, what was happening here? It is so important to break this down because I know many of you are experiencing this or have experienced this or will experience it. Why was I feeling so defeated? Why was I choosing to not look at my goals anymore? Even though I know that part of what people who build successful businesses do is look at their goals. My brain was making not reaching my goal mean something about the future of my business that it wasn't going to work out, about my worth as a human that I wasn't good enough or smart enough, and about my ability to grow and run a successful business that I didn't have what it takes. And when my brain was making not reaching my goal mean those things, I was terrified of not reaching my goal because who would want to feel that? I was allowing my brain to create that shame and that despair and inadequacy whenever I didn't reach my goal. But what I want to shout with a megaphone 
and for now a microphone will have to do, is that it wasn't because I didn't hit the goal that I felt shame and despair and inadequacy. Setting the goal wasn't the problem. Me not hitting the goal was not the problem. Those are both circumstances. The source of the shame and the despair that I felt, those came from my thoughts, which I have control over. The reality is your brain will always have a default answer to the question, what does it mean if you don't reach your goal? And for most people, the default makes it mean something along the lines of you're not good enough or it's not going to work out. And so your challenge and our challenge as entrepreneurs is to reprogram it and for us to be the ones that consciously decide ahead of time what it's going to mean if we don't reach our goal instead of just rolling with whatever our brain offers us on default. None of us are afraid of failure. We are actually afraid of what our brains will make it mean if we fail. The good news is we get to decide ahead of time what it will mean. You want to create safety for yourself to fail and to not have your identity be attacked. Because as long as you make not hitting your goal mean that you will never make it, you're never going to pursue your goal with everything that you have. It's going to be too risky emotionally. This is a pattern that I've seen time and time again with clients when they come to me. And to be honest, it makes complete sense because for those of us who are even fortunate enough to be taught about how to set goals, that's all we're taught, how to set goals. But we never learn how to have a healthy relationship with that goal. And so first off, if you've ever done any of this, uh, give up on a goal halfway through the month, lower the goal halfway through the month, whatever it is, it is totally normal for two reasons. Number one, your brain wants to avoid pain. If not reaching a goal leads to shame and discouragement and feeling really terrible, of course you're going to want to stop using the goal and stop looking at it. The second reason, you started your business likely in some way, shape, or form to advance God's kingdom in some way. The enemy hates that. And if you don't reach a goal, you're likely to hear things like you're not good enough, there's something wrong with you, it'll never happen. And experiencing this kind of what I would consider spiritual warfare, these attacks on your identity and your sense of worth and your sense of dignity, that is very normal for somebody who's trying to do the work that God has called them to do. The enemy sees you as a threat to his agenda. He doesn't want you doing those things that God has in mind for you. And so I was using the goal as a weapon against myself and it wasn't helping me, but it actually had nothing to do with the goal itself, but rather how I was relating to it. And so where the enemy wants to sow shame and discouragement and inadequacy, God wants to grow you and refine you and to teach you where your worth actually comes from. So if you've been using goals as a weapon against yourself, what do you do, right? That's the question. The answer is not to stop setting goals. I hope I've built my case for that. The answer is actually to change your relationship with your goals and your mindset around them. Because you can learn to use goals as a tool that is fun and that actually provides really valuable insight into yourself, the way that your brain works, and your default thought patterns. Now, I want to explain what I mean when I say that you can use a goal as a tool. Because honestly, this perspective shift was monumental for me. 
The biggest value of setting a goal, in my opinion, the biggest reason that it's a tool that helps you is that it brings to the surface all of the beliefs and doubts and thought patterns that are actually standing in your way. It's it's like this. Here's a, kind of a mental, a metaphorical example, right? We had a pretty big storm here a few, few months ago in New Jersey, crazy wind and rain and flooding in the area. Now, imagine there was water damage to the wall behind your couch and you see some indicators of it, but in order to see and assess the full extent of the damage, you'd actually have to look underneath the pane. You'd have to open up the wall, maybe even remove some of the drywall to see what's really going on and identify the root of where the water was coming in and the leak. Now, you can say, no, I I don't want to see that. We are going to have to pay to fix it. It's going to be ugly. It's going to be expensive. And sure, maybe it's not a huge issue in the short term, but this doesn't make the problem go away. It actually just continues to get worse and worse and eventually causes even bigger problems. Or you can bring it into the light. You can have the the courage to take a look under the surface, remove the drywall, and identify the root cause of the leak that caused the water damage, and then you can fix it at the root. This is what it's like when you set a goal and allow yourself to honestly look at what comes up. It's like peeling back the paint and removing the drywall. You can't fix a problem you aren't willing to look at. And what goals do is allow you to check for where there is water damage in your brain. Where are there holes in your thought patterns or doubts or a lack of belief? And you have the choice. You can look the other way and ignore it and try to overcome it just through sheer willpower, which I don't recommend. Or you can bring it into the light and to make a change. And so, again, returning back to our prompt from last week, right? I asked the question, what's your revenue goal? What's your level of confidence that you will hit the goal? And then I asked, what did your brain automatically offer you on autopilot? It it offered you thoughts or doubts or reasons why you can't be confident that you will hit your goal. Your answer to that prompt or your answers, because there are likely multiple things, Those are goals, like those are the things that you want to spend your energy understanding and getting to know because those are the literal thoughts and beliefs that are swirling around your head or operating in the background, affecting the actions that you're taking. And so I want to run through some examples and walk through some answers that clients have had in the past, that I've had in the past, that people have shared in past workshops. And then we're going to run it through the model, that framework that we talked about last time. So here are a couple examples. I never hit goals that I set. Nobody's willing to pay for my services. I'm not good at marketing. I've never done it before. I'm not a goal setter. COVID, right? The world of COVID. If that's maybe still a thing, I think I think we're over that becoming an excuse in our business so far, but I want to include it in there. These are what I call exit thoughts, and I want to explain. So let's switch switch metaphors here a little bit. Here's a a mental model to think about pursuing your goals. Imagine you're driving your car to a new destination. You've never been there and it's far away. This destination represents your goal. So whatever that goal is for revenue that you wrote down. And technically to get there, you can take back roads, but those are typically single lane. They have a bunch of stoplights and it's going to take you a lot longer to reach your destination. The highway, on the other hand, is the fastest most direct path to your destination. But as we all know, along the highway, there are exits. And if you take them, it takes you actually off the highway and off the path towards 
your ultimate destination. And so in this metaphor, your car, that's your business. The destination is whatever your revenue goal, your business goal is. The highway is your fast track to that destination. And then the exits are going to deviate you from the path. They're going to take you further from the destination. And so that leaves us with two kinds of thoughts. We have highway thoughts, which keep you on the highway moving towards your goal. And we have exit thoughts, which cause you to take an early exit off the highway and stray off course. And just a a quick note, why am I talking about thoughts here? Again, why not actions or strategies, funnels, formulas? The rest of the internet, every ad you get on Facebook or Instagram has that covered. Those are typically get rich quick, surface level answers to the question, how do I grow my business? And you probably know this by now, but just implementing strategies and blueprints and formulas don't automatically lead to success. There's something underneath the surface that's at work and it's your thoughts. It's your mindset. That's why this is important. So stick with me here. Back to exit thoughts. Typically, these are rooted in some lack or fear or doubt. And sometimes they are just flat out lies, like not true thoughts at all. But sometimes they're a little bit sneakier and they're half truths. Like technically the thought, I've never done it before. If you've never hit that revenue goal that you have before, technically that is true. But there's a thought underneath that that says, if I've never done it before, that means I can't do it which we all know is is not true. Otherwise, none of us would be walking or talking or do anything that we had to learn to do for the first time. Let's walk one of these exit thoughts through the model, right? That framework we talked about last week. So let's say you just started your business and you want to create $5,000 in revenue next month. That's your circumstance, your goal of $5,000. Now your thought, if your thought is, I've never done it before, And that leads to feelings of being anxious and fearful and doubtful. You kind of feel a little bit heavy and and like your chest is tight. And maybe that leads to the actions of researching and researching and researching, maybe taking a course on how to grow your business or listening to 15 podcasts or reading three books. And because you've spent all this time researching, the result that you have is no new clients and no revenue. So maybe you've had that thought before that I've never done it before. How the heck am I going to do this? Next time you catch yourself thinking that you can remind yourself that that thought is not going to actually help you reach your goal. And instead, you can shift your thinking and focus your attention on what I call a highway thought. In that car metaphor, again, those thoughts that will actually lead to you achieving your goal. And so the way to come up with, all right, well, what are the alternative thoughts that you want to be operating from, that you want to reframe yourself and, re- and shift your perspective towards, here's a, a couple ways to do that. If you fast forward to the version of you, maybe six months, one year from now, who's already achieving that revenue goal, so that $5,000 goal that you have, what does that person believe about themselves? What are they operating from? What are some of the thoughts that are floating around their head that allow them to be achieving that goal? right? What does that person believe about the value that you offer? What do they think about your ability to market yourself or about your ability to come up with new solutions when you encounter a problem or a new situation, right? So some examples of highway thoughts are typically thoughts about what you do know and what you're confident in. And so a couple of examples might be, I always figure things out even when I've never done it before. I bring way more value to clients than what I charge. I know exactly how to help my ideal client 
solve their problem. Or there are people in my audience right now who are on the verge of hiring me. And so let's take one of these examples through the model, right? So again, the circumstance, your goal is $5,000. Now, instead of I've never done it before, if your thought is I know exactly how to help my ideal clients solve their problem, when you think that, maybe you feel really excited and motivated and empowered. And the action that you take is to go out and try to find and meet as many ideal clients as possible. And then to show up in your marketing consistently and confidently knowing that you can 100% help them solve their problem. And the result, $5,000 in revenue. So you can imagine which of those two thoughts, the exit thought or the highway thought, are more likely to lead you in the direction of achieving your $5,000 goal as opposed to not. And this is why the process of writing down your exit thoughts on paper and then running it through the model and looking at the feelings and the actions or inaction and the results or lack of results that they create is just slowing things down and showing your brain that if you choose to continue thinking and operating from this thought, it is not going to lead to the kind of life and the kind of results that you want to be creating. And so as you grow your awareness of your exit thoughts and you start to shift to operating from highway thoughts more and more often, the results in your business will follow. We will dedicate an entire episode to highway and exit thoughts in the future. But for now, just remember this. Exit thoughts take you away from your goal. Highway thoughts move you towards them. Now, there are a couple of points I just want to reiterate as we close this episode. One, you should set goals. It is worth improving your relationship with goals because they are one of the most helpful tools to help you grow your business and find the thought patterns that God wants to renew and redeem. You can be excited to find out what your exit thoughts, your fears, and your doubts, you can be excited to find out what they are because once you bring them into the light, you can do something about them. Number two, you are not afraid of failure. Nobody's afraid of failure. We're afraid of what we will make failure mean. And so if not reaching your goal means that your identity is going to be attacked, of course, you won't have a healthy relationship with your goals and you won't set them or you'll set them and never think about them. So of course, you don't want to plan to fail or to not reach your goal, but you do want to decide ahead of time what you will make it mean if you don't reach your revenue goal for next month. Now, I also wanted to give you some litmus test of figuring out where are you at in your relationship with goals? How healthy is it? How unhealthy is it? And so a couple of questions to help you dig into that. Really, it's based on how do you feel when you sit down and look at your goal? Do you dread doing that? Does that bring up anxiety? Do you get a stomach ache and do you avoid it? Does it make you feel inadequate? Or does it excite you because you know that even if you haven't hit it before, it's going to help you grow into the person who does. So that's the litmus test. What feelings do you get when you sit down and look at your goal and think about it? A couple of final points here. The enemy wants us to weaponize our goals against ourselves and to stir up fear and doubt and shame. God wants to use our goals to refine us and to heal us and to break strongholds. Maybe the enemy has you convinced that you are not a goal setter. I just want to say that is not true. 
The truth is that if God called you to run a business, he can redeem your relationship with goal setting and with goals. The truth is that he gave you what it takes, that you are good enough. The enemy's lies will hold you captive, but God's truths will set you free. Reach out to me on Instagram if you are interested in worksheets to help you through this. I'm happy to share it with you. And if you want to take this work deeper, book a consult with me and see if we're fit to work together. Next time, we're going to be talking about selling and marketing and the number one mistake that people make when it comes to those two things. We're going to touch on why mindset matters a ton, especially if you feel uncomfortable selling or marketing your services. Three years ago, I hated anything that had to do with sales and selling, and it felt like the only way you could do it was to be pushy and sleazy and manipulative. I'm going to share an embarrassing story in my life that actually created those strong negative beliefs about selling and then how God has been redeeming my view of sales and marketing and how it can actually be something loving. So if you don't love selling and get super excited about it, this episode is for you. If you aren't connected with me on Instagram yet, go ahead and do that. My handle is at Kieran Lenahan Coaching. And if you're loving the podcast so far, we are just getting started. So give it a rating and share it with a friend who you think should join us. Much love to you all. Have a great week and I will see you next Tuesday.